right, it is August 14th of 2015. Um, it is uh, the 15th episode. Yeah. We've actually been doing this for a couple months now. It's kind of it's kind of cool. I'm kind of happy about it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm definitely happy about it. But you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, it is the week of the 14th. Uh, Joey, what have you been doing since um, last week? I haven't had a lot of time to do anything lately. Um, yeah, I honestly can't say I've been doing I've been doing much. Uh, I just been kind of keeping an, uh, an ear to the ground to see what is interesting coming up. Um, even though it's only in August, like first couple weeks, like first two weeks of August, um, uh, you know, award season is kind of just creeping along. It's just soon. barely getting there, right? Because yeah. I mean, we're gonna start seeing more and more movies that yeah. are gonna be those award winners yeah. next month and the month yeah. after that. Exactly, we're gonna start seeing those Oscar flicks in the next coming months. Um, so especially through October to December, we're going to see a lot of them through that time. It's, so. it's a, kind of the same thing with gaming right now because it's, it's just very, very slow. We're not really... The anticipation for all these, like, you know... Big titles and yeah, stuff is, is is just on the cusp of happening. Yeah. I mean, um, like, it, I mean, like, we're just after Gamescom and... Like now we're just kind of the next big thing that we have to look forward to right now. I'd say is Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's it. I mean, I really don't like. Of course, you know, there's always news happening. Yeah, but I don't see like any like big news stories like breaking in these next yeah. couple weeks. Exactly, it's kind of just been like I guess like industry and business news. Like you know what companies doing what in the stock market or like yeah. maybe you know who which developer maybe have le- has left if that you know so yeah, there's just been kind of slow not a whole lot going on yeah I mean I um, this last week I picked up uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 again yeah so I'm playing that again um, mainly because I beat the story the first time around on the 360 mm-hmm. and I started playing it through it on the Xbox One and just kind of uh Eh, like, you know, I just mm-hmm. didn't feel that drive yet to replay through the story again. But right now I'm kind of like going, going mm-hmm. through the steps again. So I'm, I'm having some fun with that. Other than that, I downloaded um, Fallout Shelter yesterday. Yeah, I know. You've been playing and, the entire time I've been talking. And for this last, uh, <laughs> last like, 24 hours, that's all I've been doing. I was at work, and I was just fucking constantly checking on my vault, just clicking away at all the resource centers and... I need all these caps. All of them. Uh, now. I was just pretty much wasting a lot of time at work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you even get paid for anymore, man? Shh. <laughs> not like your bosses actually listen to this crap anyway. Yeah, not that anybody's listening to this crap. <laughs> um, so we can just jump into what a uh, little bit of gaming news we have. Yeah. Um, so... This week, I don't know if you played Diablo three, Joey. No, I uh, I haven't. I you know I saw it released for the three sixty and everything else, but yeah, just, they released it for the three sixty. They released it um, for the Xbox One, like the Ultimate Edition, mm-hmm. the Ultimate Evil Edition. Um, recently, there was a job posting uh, for uh, someone who like a lead producer, lead director, something like that. Um, for a someone who's very familiar with the Diablo series, mm-hmm. um, whether this means a new game or a new DLC, um, it looks like that's coming along, yeah, or will be coming along. Um, of course, it looks like they're just trying to hire someone at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good news. I mean, Diablo, um, 
Diablo 3 was really good. Yeah, I played through about half of it, and then I kind of stopped playing it. Um, for one reason or another, I ended up, I think, sending it back to Gamefly. Um, but it's, it's, it's good. It's fun. It's not, you know, incredibly difficult to pick up and learn or anything. Yeah. Um, and glad to see they're still supporting it. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever played any of the other Diablo games? First two, uh, I, I maybe like bits and pieces, but not enough to where I would, uh, you know, consider it me really playing them, like di- like diving into it or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like a huge franchise. It's it, like yeah, people were like clamoring for Diablo three for you know for years and, and, and a years decade, years, right? Yeah, because it was it was like ten, it was ten plus years yeah. between the second one and the third one. Um, and yeah, Diablo three. In case you've never played any other ones, because um, I really haven't. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to pick up. Yeah. Really easy to pick up. It kind of started that whole loot driven kind of game, like you get it's, in Borderlands. It's or, the ultimate dungeon crawler. Yeah, essentially, like they like randomly generated dungeons and maps and stuff, and like you just like apparently like people just explore those dungeons for hours, and it's just kind of crazy. Collecting loot and selling loot, and always like always about the numbers and trying to like you yeah. Know, Get what this does one more damage. I should equip this weapon. <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's that grind, man. It's always that yeah. grind. So um, yeah, it looks like in the future. I don't know if they're gonna like um, put out a new Diablo because, like I said, they did wait yeah. like ten years between, between the second the one and the third, third one. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not working on new DLC, or maybe they are working on a fourth one. I yeah. Who knows. Um, in other news, um, some Mario Maker news came out. This is something I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Um, the They announced how they're going to release the content for creation, mm-hmm. like creating the levels. So you won't have access to all the you know little bits and pieces of making all the levels yeah. on day one. Um, so uh, they... Their reasoning behind this is they don't want to confuse the audience too much and make it very difficult to, um, you know, get a hold of the whole thing, like get a hold of the concepts of, you know, placing things here and there. So you're going to get one set of items, and once you work with those for five days or for five minutes, um, you'll get a new set of items the next day. And then with those new items, you got to use them for five minutes Mm -hmm. at least. And then the next day, you'll get the third set of items. And there's a total of nine sets. Yeah. So for nine days, you won't have access to all of the tools. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad thing, but... um, I mean, as far as creation goes, during that first week, I feel like it's going to be a little weak. Yeah. Not that, you know, people people are going to make awesome levels with limited resources, of course, but mm-hmm. without adding those other... Those other nine things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Mario Maker seems pretty interesting. I remember, he, I heard that, the, like, uh, um, like, the lead designer for Rayman did, a, um, supposedly did a level for uh, Mario Maker. Yeah. And so. uh, that's supposed to be in the... In the main game. In the final like cut of the game, right. Because there's, I think, like, 60 levels that are going to be... Um, available at launch. Yeah. That seems like, a, like his would probably be fucking super insane when you really think about it because Mario is a uh, Rayman levels are just some of the wildest, craziest stuff that just infuriates you to no end. Yeah, I and mean, it's it's interesting because um, they're kind of like, they, they, they had a video. They had a video that they posted online of um, of the guy, I believe he's a French guy, 
Um, and the whole video is in French, but they took some translations from it. And pretty much he's saying how the whole thing, he like had a piece of graph paper mm-hmm. and like drew out the level on the graph paper and then, you know, tried to make, make that in the, uh, you know, in the game world, yeah. and where it didn't work, he would go back and fix it on the graph paper, and then fix it on the thing. And <laughs> so, you know, it's um, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, I think this is the Mario game to end all platform games mm-hmm. because at this point, I mean, yeah. they can't make any more platform games because any platform game can be made with in Mario, Mario Maker. Maker. So. That'll, it'll be interesting to see where Mario goes after this. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. Like, I guess I can see it that way, but I also see that Rayman like, kind of also being... Because they're, they're two distinctly different types of platformers. Like, with Mario, it's... Uh, you know, you kind of have to stop and think about... Can I make this jump? Am I able to kind of, like, you know, make this jump and not get hit by right. Hammer Brothers or anything like that? Whereas with Rayman, it's kind of more fast-paced than anything else. It's very, uh, like, reactive, especially yeah. some of those levels where um, where you're, like, almost forced to run the entire time and you're just jumping. Yeah. Um, you have to get the rhythm down and everything else. Yeah, so, so it's very, like, reactive yeah. as opposed to, like, one of those things where you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think that maybe now, like, the two main spots for, like, platformers, if there's ever going to be any more platformers, it's just going to be Mario and Rayman from now on, since well, they're both the, platformers, but they're very distinct. The thing is, other. you can, with Mario Maker, you can make Rayman-style levels where it's not like you're going to have a chance to think. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just going to have to make, like, a thing where it's, like, run, and you have to time your jumps perfectly, and you have to do this yeah, and that. So, probably, yeah, I can probably see that. Um I think Mario Maker is going to change the game for sure. Um, uh, We have some other news. Um, Resident Evil 2 is being remade. Yeah. Um, That is a fan favorite of the Resident Evil Mm -hmm. series. Um, And this is a remake, not like a remaster. So they are going to go in and actually recreate environments. They're going to recreate the game, essentially. Yeah. we probably won't get it for a couple years because they just announced it. And um, Japanese companies tend to announce things as soon as they're like okayed. Yeah. Not as they're working on whereas American companies, it's like okay, this has been we're announcing it and it's going to be out in a couple months. Yeah. Um, Japan is more so like we're announcing it because we're just starting it, just yeah. so you know it's happening. Um. Yeah. So we probably won't get that for a couple years. Um. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, did you see the uh, the cover for virtual reality for no, uh, Time Ma- Magazine? Uh, look that up. Okay. Um, it's, look it up real quick. It's kind of ridiculous. Is it? Is it like what people thought virtual reality was going to be in the nineties? If you look at that picture, you're like, yes, that's that's what I that's what I think they were shooting that picture for. Um, but so. It kind of caused a stir earlier in the week, just for like a day or two, um, mainly because it, it looks a little ridiculous. And if you know virtual reality is going to succeed in the gaming marketplace, we kind of need to not make it seem super ridiculous. <laughs> Hold on. 
this is loading. This is taking me forever to load because I'm assuming time might have like hit it really well because I don't want to be made fun of anymore because I just see posts of people just making fun of it and oh yeah, like almost immediately people were. Um we're photoshopping all kinds of different If this things. is going to be some giant new, um, mnemonic kind of shit, I'm going to be kind of pissed. <laughs> because that movie wasn't even good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, th- I thought it was very interesting to see. And like I said, I don't know if it necessarily paints virtual reality in the best light. No. I think what, um, what needs to be done is you need to show that this can be... Um, this can be used for something for other things other than uh, video games. Okay, now I'm just seeing like some people made a bunch of memes about like I guess they photoshopped um, the the cover and it's just some like kind of chubby dude in a polo looks like he's like suspended, <laughs> suspended in air and he's like that's that's the he's cover. He's sort of, like Forrest Gump and the next one he's being lifted up by Patrick Swayze and Dirty Dancing. Then he's on the back of the horse with Vladimir Putin and then he's touching the finger of God and the, the painting on the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, so all of those aren't the actual time cover. But no, yeah, but this, is, this is awesome. It's, um... <laughs> I just think it's interesting. I think, um, you know, what, 15, 20 years ago, people were kind of thinking that virtual reality might be the future. Yeah. But now it's more of a possibility, in my opinion. Uh, Now we're, like, closer to... Actual virtual reality. Yeah. Definitely closer than we were, like, 15, 20 years ago. Um, I just... It's... It needs to be painted in a good light and not like everybody, like it's going to seclude you from the world or anything. This is just so, this is so stupid looking. Like what made them think this was a good idea? Like, I'm just like, was their photographer, like like literally someone with like, who does not play video games? I mean, he's might as well just put the dude in in like acid wash jeans and a neon pink polo shirt with a a Nintendo, with a NES controller in his fucking hand. You know? Yeah, no, I... Uh, With, like, fucking Mountain Dew and Doritos around him and shit. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it was kind of ridiculous. Um, that's the... Uh, the creator, the founder of uh, the Oculus. Why did he agree to do this? I don't know. He said he had a great time. He, he said he enjoyed it. Maybe he just was doing... Maybe he was just making fun of them by doing this. And then the, the, the photographer's one's like, yeah, that's a good one. That one. Yeah, right there. Do it. I want that one right there. So good. Do it. Look like you're weirdly jumping and lifting your leg. Okay, just so kind of, so kind of jump and make it look like you're trying to swim while you're jumping. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to use that. So... so stupid. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Um... I don't know. I mean, I think we need to show the world that, you know, virtual reality can be used for other than video games, has other practical uses. Yeah, like, I remember seeing some stuff where, um, like, you could go through an Italian villa uh, with the whole VR headset and everything, and then I saw another one where, like, I think, like, some people were, like, in some kind of theme park or amusement park. 
just like wandering around looking at everything i mean that in and of itself just like being able to see parts of the world experience parts of the world that you would never be able to do or you know this in the first place be able to do. exactly i mean like you can spend you know a couple hundred bucks on a vr headset and literally travel anywhere you want to travel yeah I mean, like, especially with the way things are now, I mean, like, on YouTube, you get, um, like, you know, full 360, uh, you know, videos where you just, you just, you know, put, you know, get your phone and you can just, you know, spin around in a swivel chair and it just moves along with you. Yeah. Like, something along those lines, you know, we can experience Comic-Con that way, you know, if you can't afford to get into Comic-Con. Right. I mean, even though you can afford, like, a $200 fucking VR headset, but... Yeah, but that beats paying a hundred and some bucks for a ticket and a Maybe a couple hundred bucks for, for a plane a, ticket and a hotel room, hotel room, and all that other Food. stuff. So you know everything. Yeah, else. it it, um, it kind of opens up the world for possibility, yeah. and even beyond that, just you know, you can have a robot somewhere performing surgery on someone and having the world's greatest surgeon on the other side of the country. You know. <laughs> okay, so um, back at, in Universal Studios, when the Terminator Two 3D thing was still was still around. There was there was literally a scene in like the Skynet promotional video, the Cyberdyne promotional video, where there was a surgeon with like two power gloves on and a giant like <laughs> VR headset, just like on a beach and like just like in, in a chair on the beach, going like just like moving his hands around performing brain surgery. I don't know if I would um, <laughs> be so okay stupid. with my surgeon being on the beach and probably like has like five Bahama mamas in his system yeah. and with a giant fucking pair of robotic skeleton hands digging into your fucking brain and your cerebral cortex and yeah, shit. Yeah, no, I, that seems like a little bit much, but I mean, I'm not saying that someone will be able to perform surgery next week with VR or anything, but uh, you know, the future, of course, is, uh, <laughs> is just, there. I just I just imagine, like, if he fucks up, it's the lag, guys. I swear it's the lag. <laughs> be fucking lame. Sorry, like, the headset was lagging. Like, I couldn't, like, you know, stop it. <laughs> it's like... Quiz like fucking hacks, man. This is stupid. This is way too hard. Can I get a different difficulty over here? Can I get someone with like not like super crazy brain <laughs> trauma? He's like, this brain cancer patient's stupid. I hope he has an extra life. <laughs> he ain't going home to his kids. That's for damn sure. Um yeah, I just thought it was worth mentioning. I thought it was the the cover was kind of ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. It just it just it literally reminds me of like everything that came, that has come about like through like you know a couple decades ago where people thought video game like you know when people thought of virtual reality video games when they were really just a novelty in you know the arcades yeah, and the riches of, homes, of yeah. arcades and stuff. We you know. Uh, you know they like they were portrayed that way. You know, big goofy looking things, and then just like weird crazy something that completely like isolates you from the world yeah. to where you forget your family and exactly. You know, you know, and hell, like there there was a movie about it. You know, within the maybe not within the decade, but like um, in the early two thousands, called Gamer. Where it, that's exactly what it was, you know. That's and those things. I mean, look at Tron. Yeah, right. Tron is one of those examples of like that guy who like you know got sucked into the game world, and that's essentially what I think a lot of people when they look at VR are like concerned about, where someone's going to not be able to tell the difference between reality and virtual reality, yeah. and you know have this uh, 
generation of like sit-ins who won't do anything and exactly yep. I don't think that's a that big of an issue mm-hmm. and as virtual reality will, will grow eventually but I don't think it is the future no um, I would definitely say that more like augmented reality is where the future's at probably something more like the hololens where you can still see everything around you but you have like a head kind of like a heads up display yeah. you know all the time it's you know it, 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 this is gonna be really crass but also it's, very, it's surprisingly true just how much like the porn industry will dictate the flow of technology you know you know it, it's it's weird because they did a uh, an experiment and they had someone put on a virtual reality headset and they shot virtual reality porn and they had these people like watch this virtual reality porn and I think like 70 or 80% of them were weirded out and didn't want any part of it. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because they didn't want to feel like they were a part of it or something. Like, like you know, I don't know. But It depends on what receiving end they were. <laughs> they were in. Not like they were a person in it, but they were like, they were watching exper- it. Yeah, experiencing it. And you could it, probably like see like, it from it like looked, all yeah, angles. It looked like it was like near you and in front of you and stuff. Like that weird people out. Most I, people, I, I, I can imagine so, it would. Um, so, like, and I mean, like, when you go all the way back to like VHS tapes versus Betamax, like Betamax had like better, you know, resolution, and sound quality, but because VHS was easily recordable and because it was, uh, you know, smaller as well, a little bit cheaper, and kind of could fit into camcorders, um, and pretty much was you know made for camcorders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like porn industry just immediately gravitated to it, and you know. VHS became the thing. Same with DVDs, same with Blu-rays, and now with the whole virtual reality thing, like and augmented reality, we're not entirely sure what, the, like how they're going to be implementing it, and that's going to be the most interesting thing to see. Is I'm, I'm, like I'm interested to see how you know the the two will figure yeah. their way about each other, yeah. right? Um, I mean, like. The Oculus is going to have its own platform to where you can download games, kind of like a Steam kind of a thing, but strictly for Oculus mm-hmm. things. And they've said that they're not going to try and stop any kind of like porn or like porn video games from being made in 3D for you know the Oculus, but they're not going to showcase it on their on their you know, on yeah, their the store. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So um, obviously they they see and know that this is going to be something that. You know, is gonna happen. I think it's just it's so weird because you think about like robots and technology, and the first thing that we want to do is create like a sex robot, yeah. right? That's not like a robot that's gonna like go help mankind or like you know do this or do that. It's like the first thing is like we need to put our penis in it. It's like like okay, so I just made this robot can lift two tons, can be used in disaster situations, and help out hundreds of thousands of people. It could, it could essentially. Eliminate the need for a human police force, a human fire department during times of disaster. Okay, that's awesome, but can I fuck it? Is there an exhaust port? <laughs> it's like, it's like, what? It's like, can I fuck it? And no, like, but you don't understand. This is gonna help mankind and help us. No, 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 no. I want to know if I can put my dick in it and bust a nut and. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> it just, it, yeah, it, it's weird how that's always like, uh, that's weirdly always a driving force behind technology. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just kind of strange. I mean, like, I have no doubt that 
uh, like the Oculus and augmented reality stuff can probably coexist side by side, and both will be very profitable. Because people are going to want two different things. Because I mean, like nowadays, everyone's so opinionated and everything. You know, some people are going to like augmented reality, some people are not. So I think it, like porn is probably just going to just determine which one's the most successful of the two. You know. And it's not going to be like an HD DVD Blu-ray type of thing where HD DVD just immediately you know goes yeah. away the dodo. It's just I think um, like it's one of those things. I think if you're comparing the two, it's really apples and oranges. Yeah. You can't really compare them, even um, though they're very similar, which is right. strange. Um, the only reason I would say that um, like augmented reality would come up on top over virtual reality is because augmented reality uh worst comes to worst you have like some little black uh cover over the glasses or whatever you've got on Mm -hmm. and now your augmented reality just becomes virtual reality yeah i think that's eventually the two will merge and become one probably there will be a singularity and skynet's gonna take off and we're all gonna die that's that's fine as long as I can watch virtual reality porn, then everything is fine. It's like zombie apocalypse or robot apocalypse. You decide. We're both going to be fucked either way. Um, in other news, not having to do with any of this. Yeah, not having to do with any of this. <laughs> kind of having to do with you picking up GTA 5 again, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this might be one of the reasons why I may have picked it up yeah. again. Um, Grand Theft Auto V has sold in um, 54 million units. So sold yeah. in means that they've sold to retailers mm-hmm. uh, 54 million units. Yeah. Uh, sold through, it's not that it's not going to be that high, but at the same time, I don't see it being too much like a big gap there because yeah. obviously retailers aren't going to hold on to millions of copies, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting in a warehouse somewhere. So I think it's safe to say that they've sold 52, yeah, 52 million copies. That's not you know, that's not an outlandish number. No, um, and definitely it uh, and it makes sense. I mean that game is fucking great. Yeah, and, and sure, some people maybe have double dipped, triple dipped. You know, bought it on the 360, bought it on the Xbox One, then bought it on PC or yeah. something. But or you know PS3, PS4, you know whatever whatever combination of them. But yeah. um, and. It gave me like they Grand Theft Auto Five gave me a reason to buy it on the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. I bought it, played it, and it looked nice. It was you know it was great. It looked good. I, I had a lot of fun playing it both times around. Um, and then playing it on the Xbox One and on PC on the new generation, uh, it's a completely different game. And you can exactly. go to for, it, it's it's the same game, of course, but they've added so many functions. And There's a lot of cool new features. Of, yeah. The online play on this new generation of consoles is so much smoother, and matchmaking is not a problem. Um, you know, at least when getting into a lobby. Right. Uh, I'm not sure that's just because you know the servers have been established longer, but I also kind of think it's just because the you know extra horsepower they have in these new generation of systems that it just makes it that much easier. A little easier. But I mean, they added the whole first person. That's so much it, fun. And that's just playing the whole game in first person and playing it through, you know, in third person. Two different experiences yeah. altogether, I would say. Um, and there's just so much to do. Like, I realize as I'm kind of, like, visiting it again and playing through the main story mission, um, there are so many areas of the map and so many, like, of those, like, freaks and strangers things I yeah. haven't, like, fully completed. 
um, there's like properties I haven't bought, so that means that there's like little yeah. side uh, quests for the properties that I haven't done yet, and there's just so much stuff to do in that game. It's exactly. just completely insane. Trying to get 100 percent in that game is like is such a fucking Herculean task. It's crazy. I mean, just like trying to find all the alien parts to like the ship. Yeah, that, you know, you find like that's difficult, and then trying to find all the uh, the notes um, throughout the city, and even if you have the map that shows you where everything is at, yeah, I mean, it's I still hard to find. I think like IGN had like an interactive map, right, where you can mm-hmm. like it'll actually show you, and you can move it around, and you know, click yeah. on this, and it'll like blib up whatever, but. It is just so much to do. Yeah. And even then, you can just spend time driving around, and they have, like, all these, like, you know, like, unfinished pieces of freeway where you can, like, take a fast car off, mm-hmm. and, you know, you get, like, you got to find, like, all, like, 54, like, stunt car locations yeah. and stuff like that, right? And then there's objectives where you, like, fly under bridges with, uh, you know... Like, for with uh, jets airplanes and airplanes and, and helicopters and stuff, so... Um, there's just and even just the little things like they they have all the like you know bike missions where you can just like the races know, and everything yeah, else yeah. too just insane oh man I kind of like like I kind of had to put that game away just because it was taking up so much of my time and I it didn't want to stop you're like Grand Theft Auto Five okay great huge you know imagine what Grand Theft Auto Six is going to be like it's going to be crazy I don't see us getting it anytime soon no. I mean they're very uh, okay with making people wait. Yeah, they, they make you know these releases like big grandeur events and everything. Um, so they're not gonna they're not gonna trivialize it by putting one out like one every year, one every two years. Exactly. Um, what's interesting to think about for Grand Theft Auto Five is um, we still haven't gotten like any main story DLC. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've been kind of wanting like uh, with Grand Theft Auto Four. There was uh, like the Tales of Liberty City, um, both uh, it was the Lost in the Dam and the Ballad of Gay Tony. Yep. I kind of I kind of want something else with those. With I mean, they, along those lines. They kind of they said they were working on something, mm-hmm. but we still haven't seen anything. The game's been out for um, Jesus, almost two years now. Really, a year and a half? Damn. I want to say so. I could be wrong. I don't think it's been two years. I think maybe a year and a half is more accurate. Um, but the game has been out forever. Obviously, they've they've done plenty of stuff, online stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all the heists and stuff like that. But um, no single-player stuff yet. Um, I think if they really want to push that, um, you know, that sales number, mm-hmm. they put out a, in the next seven months, they just randomly are like, all right, so there's story DLC for Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. They do that in, like, I don't know, October. Or something, you know, if it's ready. And then you have all these people buying the game, uh, getting it for Christmas, you know, asking for exactly. everything. You're pushing those sales just with that piece of DLC. Yeah. Because maybe those people who originally bought it and didn't want to buy it again on the newer consoles, now they're yeah. like, oh, now there's, there's a DLC. Now, uh, you know, I've got a yeah. reason to play through it again. Um, Rockstar, go to do that. So I, uh, once I'm done with the story mode and everything I can do in the in the vanilla game, then uh, then I can have some more story stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, go go for it, Rockstar, because you're obviously listening to us. <laughs> um, last bit of news in gaming stuff that I have, um, we kind of already talked about it a little bit. Uh, Fallout Shelter came out on Thursday. 
yesterday. They came out yesterday on uh, Android systems. Uh, so if you've been patiently waiting, yep, because uh, everybody got the iPhone one a couple months ago, um, go download it, go play it. Uh, I can attest that it is pretty great. Um, and there's just so much fun stuff you can do. Yeah. Um, so many babies. You make can, you can make babies. everybody have babies. You can just send people out into the wasteland. <laughs> send babies fun. into the wasteland. That's that's you know a plan that you can do <laughs> if you want to. Population control. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um, go play it. You, you should download it. Like, yeah, like I, I just like uh, I just haven't had the time to go download it yet. But as soon as I get back and I get my and I get an internet connection, yeah, I'm gonna download it because I'm assuming it's, I'm assuming it's a huge file to where you have to have a, a Wi-Fi connection in order to download it. Right? It's like uh, I want to say it's like 120, 140 megs. Okay, it's uh, about the size of like a game. Yeah, like it's it's games. not it's not crazy giant or anything, yeah. but it is. Whatever you do, try and download it. It's like, oh, this is a big file. Yeah. Do you want to like wait for Wi-Fi? Yeah. You know, one of those things. So, um, I think that's about it in gaming news. Um, did you want to jump into movie news, and we can take a break and kind of come back and just have a little discussion? Let's take a bit of a break. All right, let's gonna take a break then. Uh, we will be back. So we are back uh, talking about movies. Joey, go ahead and um, talk to us about movies like okay. you always do. Okay, so uh, usually I kind of lead off with all the trailers and stuff, but I kind of decided to do switch it up just a little bit just because these one these uh, trailers are very interesting. I think we can have a lot to say about them, um, uh, you know, just in general. But so first off, um, so it's been a year since uh, the death of Robin Williams. Um, and a lot of comedians and a lot of actors are uh, like getting together to do uh, like a tribute to him and everything. You know, a bunch of fucking movie channels have been playing yeah. his old movies and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's so weird to think that that was a year ago. Yeah, I know. It, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. It's still prevalent in a lot of people's minds right yeah. now that Robin Williams is no longer here, and it's kind of it's kind of sad too because you kind of look back at you know uh, you know Aladdin. And you hear his voice, and you just hear his style of humor, you know, work yeah. so well within a kid's show and everything else. Right, right. This guy, like, it's kind of hard to realize that, you know, Robin Williams is no longer around. Now, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't, It's not like it's something that I'm, like, constantly thinking about, but every once in a while I'm just like, oh, like, I guess he, like, we won't have any, like, more... Fun, yeah, films or anything you know, big like, from him anymore. Yeah, we're never going to see like any of his stuff anymore. It's kind of, it's kind of sad. Um, just kind of some uh, that I kind of wanted to talk about, just because you know it just seems so far removed from like yeah. from what from when it actually happened. But uh, to move on to kind of talk about uh, Trank again, even though we shit all over him last time, kind of felt bad for him too. Um, so you saw the name of the episode for last week. Yeah. Right? So I was gonna put Josh Trank as fuck, but for whatever reason, whenever I was like putting it in and like taking a look at the title, like as a whole, it just didn't feel. It felt weird. <laughs> so like, I, more like I think we get in trouble. Yeah. By Stitcher. <laughs> So, so I, I thought our title was pretty good for last week. Yeah. So um, to kind of further 
pour salt and lim and lime juice into the wound that is Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four has lost upwards of sixty million dollars. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. So you said it took one hundred and twenty dollars to make the film. Yeah, and then you uh, we can assume another ten to twenty million dollars for uh, advertising, advertising and you know pushing the film and everything. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and it had a, sh it had, I believe, the second worst opening of any second or first worst opening yeah. of any uh, superhero movie. It still did better only than the actual Fantastic Four movies, though. It's the best performing Fantastic Four movies, but that's not saying a lot, though. Yeah, you know? I, I just heard that it had like the weakest opening weekend, only to like Ghost Rider. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Makes sense. <laughs> I mean, like one, that's Nicolas Cage. But this, like, you know, th these guys like put so much into it. You know, it's so much, and they sad. don't know what's going wrong. Because even in, um, even in L.A., you had um, Fox. Uh, you know, people working with Fox waiting outside of movie theaters for people to just watch the film mm -hmm. and handing them surveys, asking them what went wrong, like what do we need to do to make you want to watch a Fantastic Four movie? <laughs> like that's how bad and how like worried they are about this thing. Yeah, that they're sending people out and asking the audience and being like, "What is? What are we doing wrong?" Like you know, like a crazy, crazy desperate boyfriend or girlfriend who's just like, "Why do you hate?" me what is this <laughs> um so like you know what this is like okay so as news kind of develops and stories about this kind of develop it seems a lot of this kind of lies on josh trank a lot a lot of it i wouldn't say because like because like he he wrote like a good portion of the script despite it being shared with two other people and he directed the thing and he casted the thing or supposedly and he kind of like supposedly he like blamed everybody else except for himself. Yeah, that seems a little um, that seems a little bad to do as a director. So as a director, you're head honcho. You're the one in charge. So you have to be willing to take that blame if the thing fails. Yeah. Even if everybody else around you fucked it up, you're the one who was like in charge, right? Mm -hmm. And so in any kind of situation, whether it be at work or yeah. when you're working on some kind of like, you know, maybe like a band project or an art yeah. project or anything and you're in charge, you have to be willing to say, yeah, that was my bad. I made that call. I did this. I did that. Yep. Um, you know, if someone was underperforming, then you get rid of them and exactly. you bring someone else in. I mean, like there's just like and then you just kind of take a look back at all the decisions that were made with this movie and you just kind of like realize that okay maybe they should they regardless of whether or not the studio did or didn't do like mess with the film right mm -hmm. um the those parts that that were cut out or changed or whatever happened i really doubt it was enough to make this like an amazing movie yeah right because if it was a truly amazing movie to begin with, I don't think that they would have really changed it at all. No. So I'm assuming that what was on the cutting floor was shit, and they were like, well, let's try and salvage this how we, however we can. Yeah. And, you know. Like, my morbid curiosity is just, like, it's compelling me to go see this movie. Like, if it's really that bad, I need to see it. I, yeah. I need to confirm with my own two eyes that the movie that is was crap. That the movie was, like, that level of shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. 
but at the same time I'm like I don't know if I want to contribute to that like I know it's like but then I keep thinking like you know what it's like it's like you know what you guys had a hard time here's a couple bucks <laughs> like, I feel like they're like the Fantastic Four is like the bum family that stands on the corner of like the parking lot outside of a Walmart with like all their kids in tow and like the giant cardboard sign that says don't have a job need money to feed my kids that's yeah. what they seem like to me right now and yeah, I feel no. bad about it but then I also think it's not that hard to find a job <laughs> yeah, no, like it's fine you'll, you'll, figure, you'll be okay um, and it's so weird because Fantastic Four is such a like cornerstone of what Marvel is exactly right? like, like, it's the so, first family of Marvel is usually what they're yeah, called yeah exactly so it's um, they're so like such an important and you know a lot of people hold them Maybe not so much anymore, but you know, yeah. hold them fondly on like a pedestal. Yeah, right. Like, like they're they're like Silver Age comics are like prime collector's material. Right. Like, like that that um that era of Fantastic Four stuff is people go like nuts for it as soon as they see it. You could say almost as much as some of the really really big stuff, like uh, exactly, like you know the Spider Mans and like yeah. Supermans and Hulks. Uh, you know the very early issues exactly. and everything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't like what they need to do is just give the franchise to Marvel. Just do what they're doing with Spider-Man and they're not going to make as much money, but they're going to make, they're not going to be losing money. Right. Exactly. I mean, like, I mean, like, it's like, what's the worst thing that can fucking happen? You know? I mean, like, like the worst thing that can happen is that they make a decent movie out of it. I mean, like, it, the worst thing that happens hard. is they make a shitty movie out of it, and it still Fox does, doesn't lose any it money. Still, it like, still does better not, than their movie. It's not their fault, right? Exactly. So you know, uh, it's just you know, it, it's you know, lost you know a huge amount of money to the point of which where it's it's kind of you know scary almost. Like, yeah. Because I mean, like, when you're that far behind, executives start chopping heads. Like, because like the like they they like once again like we've said this before. Uh, like they don't care if a movie is good. They just care that it makes money. If yeah, a, they they care about the bottom line. Yeah. So like you know because this movie did not make its budget back, they're gonna st- like they're probably gonna get pissed and they're gonna like start walking around with their heads stomping. I mean, at, at the end of the whole run and once it goes international and everything, maybe it will make its money back. Maybe. Maybe. That's a big. If, That's like, but it definitely won't be enough to, you know, create another movie, and there's going to be no profit there. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what will happen. Yeah. And you know, since we're talking about Josh Trank, we can also talk about how. Um, well, he's been kicked off of the. Star Wars anthology flick. Um, we we can people will say he left, but in reality he got kicked off. You know what? He might have left. Um, I think he got kicked off because <laughs> I believe they were in talks of him already leaving before the movie came out. Okay, yeah, maybe, but maybe then, yeah. Uh, I, even then, it's I'm sure at this point, like the people in charge of Disney or Star Wars or you know whoever's. In charge of the the Star Wars movies right now, yeah, I'm sure they're breathing a sigh of relief that he's gone, mm-hmm. um, because after having 
your hand in the writing and in the directing and having this movie completely underperform. Yeah. And then also seeing that you, you can be petty. That's a exactly. weird that's a weird kind of thing that people don't want to work with, yeah. right? Very if you kinda if you kinda show like you go on Twitter and you're like, Oh, this isn't the movie I made, exactly. like that just kinda shows that you I mean, can't take responsibility for your actions. And I mean like if, a, if he owned up to it, he would at least not have he, he probably wouldn't have burned that bridge in the first place. At so, least, you know, have some kind of respect to be like, yeah, this is a movie I made and I stand by it. Yeah. Like that can that's more respectable than being like, oh, they changed it. Yeah. They totally changed it. Like that's not my movie. Yeah. Like I mean like he probably wouldn't have gotten a director's position again for a while, but he could probably pull out like a second unit director type of thing. It's so weird because you think about it and he really only had one film under his belt, right? Chronicle, yeah. And, and that movie I didn't like either. And so you um, after directing one movie you get access to a superhero movie and a Star, Star Wars, Wars movie. Yeah. Most people would fucking chop off their left and right nut for that yeah. kind of like, you know, exactly kind like, of a like opportunity. You you would get like dudes like, "Okay, so like I am willing to suck your dick and also take it in my butt." So Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not so vulgar, but yeah, no, no, like it, it, it's for someone who's so new to directing and be given that opportunity to direct, um, you know, movies of that caliber. Yeah, like that's insane. Like, and you know, you know what, you know, what I think also kind of happened too is I think Fox is trying to take a, uh, a page from Marvel's playbook by trying to get you know lesser known directors, uh, you know, who are trying to you know show their show their worth because I mean you got you know the Russo brothers who did you know uh, uh, the, the latest Captain America movie right. and that was fantastic and so they took a chance with Josh Trank. And, but it didn't work out for them. Like I'm not entirely sure what you know, you know, what goat they sacrificed at Marvel or what voodoo magic they're using. But you know, I they, just I just think they're probably better. Like they probably research their guys exactly. that much more. They they and, probably are like you know. Let me see some kind of test footage from you. Let me see what you've done. Let me see. Like what you've written, let me see. Like everything that you've done, yeah. like everything from, let's say, if these people put anything up on YouTube, I'm sure they're like checking that shit yeah. out like thoroughly. Yeah, like like they'll probably they're probably like you know uh, they they probably bring it in for test shooting. You know, if, yeah. if, if anything, to see how well they fit and what they want to do. Um, I'm pretty sure that Fox probably didn't go that route. Yeah, um, it just seems like Fox would Fox's route would be a little more laser, where they're yeah. just like, eh, nobody really knows you. Come on, you're yeah. you're, you're up to bat. The, the Chronicle looked okay. Yeah, let's, let's go for it. And then, like, I think like this is also, I think, just a re- like a really good thing that they did to like they did too for Star Wars. Because like this is like the movie he was supposedly working on is the rumor Boba Fett movie, right? Um, so you know he could have just ruined Boba Fett for you know the legions of fans that fucking love the shit out of Boba Fett. Yeah, and it just um, like I said, if you if you stand by guns, if you do something, and even if it sucks, like just take responsibility for it. At least that way people will respect you when you do something like that, right? Yeah, I mean. They just like just like suck it up and just admit you made a shitty movie. Yeah. And I mean, so like back in the day, back in like or like like uh, like early Hollywood, um, you know when like uh, you know the act 
the actors started to become more well known and people went to go see because of movies because of actors. If a movie was bad, like really bad, the director would be able to take his name off of it and they would put a fake name in it. And so, if you ever watch any classic movies that are like some of the like worst movies ever some made, bad ones, right? um, you'll see they're all directed by a guy named Alan Smithy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should like Josh Trank should have opted out and gone for an Ali Smithy, Alan Smithy um, kind of thing, and then just and then just immediately backed <laughs> away from it. I just don't think that's really possible in this day and age that it do yeah, that. Yeah, probably. Um, After, just, like all the advertisements for because directors. And back in the else. day, you know, you didn't have social media. You didn't have like yeah, people true. constantly talking about these things. Um, you know, you might have like maybe a newspaper story. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. Exactly. Now that's not the case because everybody's taking pictures with their phones and they're like, oh, this this part, the director is constantly tweeting from the lot and being yeah. like, we're directing this right now. And I don't think it's possible to do an Alan Smithy. No, probably, probably. Yeah, probably not. I think I think now it's just like you just take it. Just take responsibility for your actions, you know? Yeah. So once again, Josh Trank is irredeemably fucked at this moment. I just he's, he I he has he, nowhere else to go. Yeah, I think he's out of Hollywood. At least like he's out of the mainstream for a very long time. Yeah, he might be able to do indie flicks, might be able to do smaller movies, but I highly doubt he's going to do anything else. Yeah, at this point, it's just it's kind of bad. Yeah. Okay, so we'll like to move on from that and to move on to a good piece of science fiction. Uh, the Westworld teaser trailer for the new HBO series is uh, just released. And for those of you who do not know, this is a remake of a sci-fi flick like based off movie, of a like, right? uh, 70s, late 70s uh, movie um, based off a of Michael Crichton book right, um, right. called Westworld. And it's fantastic. If you ever get the chance to ever watch this movie, it's just a fun watch and it's really cool. Yul Brynner is one of the most, like, you know, craziest villains. Just some of the, like, one of the best, you know, it, it makes it makes for a really good like Western movie. It does like, really. It does like even though there's of course non-Western Elements aspects to it, it, but it still makes for like a interesting like uh, just an interesting dynamic, right? Um, for like a for a genre like westerns, because like um, so, so for those who don't know what Westworld is. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know what Westworld is, um, the original movie takes place in a brand new high-tech theme park. There seems to be a bit of a pattern with Michael Crichton in this. Um, bah, bah, yeah, exactly. Bah, 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 um, so, uh, except that there's no dinosaurs. Except no, no dinosaurs. <laughs> Essentially, but shit still does go wrong. Yeah, shit still goes awry. Something traumatizing must have happened to him at a fucking <laughs> Disneyland or Knott's Berry Farm as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> where he's just writing all these things where everything gets loose. Everything, everything horrible was like it's probably just like like the little kid part of his brain just thinks like well, this would be cool if this happened in a theme park you know but so anywho um Westworld essentially is a sci-fi uh, flick about um a theme park that it has uh, like several different lands. There's, you know, uh, Westworld, um, the, t- um, the title of the movie, and then you have like a, like a fantasy world filled with knights and kings and dragons right. and whatever. And then you have, um, you, then you have like a, like a few others as well. And essentially, it's all populated by robots, um, except for like the the people who are um, you know go there for vacation, the humans, and they just kind of interact and live out their fantasy of you know living in you know like you know King Arthur's court right, or, or in like the west like in the western uh, type of worlds and everything else. 
it's just you know a chance for them to live out their fantasies and then in the movie and also the series uh, things go awry and like uh, like the robots um, start to wonder why they should be killed or something along they, the lines. They, it's, it's, it. it's more it's more so like androids right because mm-hmm. they've got like fleshy skin right yeah because you know they're yeah you can't tell apart from actual humans right so and then I think something happens to where like there's a virus and they get like infected right yeah something like, along those lines something goes wrong then Yul Brynner goes nuts and he just starts killing everybody and it, it's great it's a fa- it's a fantastic movie I have I remember having fond memories of it I haven't really watched it since I was a bit of a kid um, and now they're making a uh, you know HBO series about it and I am just I'm so excited to see it looks so cool I'm like more than ready for this oh yeah no it definitely it, and you know in the 70s uh, movie came out in seventy three. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, you didn't have amazing, you know, cameras back then. Mm. Uh, not that it was, you know, wasn't great or anything, but um, it's to bring that to like an HD camera, you know, high CG era now. Mm-hmm. It's gonna look fucking great. Yeah. Right. There's no way it can't. Um, and that seems like something where you can really, really take advantage of it in a TV series. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all these different worlds. You can really help build expand, characters you expand and, the like, plot, you know, a lot more. Go from one to the other. Yeah. Like, episode to episode. Yeah. So, I think it's a series that definitely... Um, Definitely lends itself better to a like to a TV series rather than just like a movie. Not to say the movie wasn't good. Not to say yeah. that you shouldn't go check out the movie, but um, like nowadays they're able to pull off a, a TV series of, the, of this caliber a lot easier. Right. Back then, a movie would be a lot easier to pull off just because like limited runtime and you know you could probably you know have a lot more camera tricks Stu- and a lot more money. To yeah, pull studios are more willing to dump. Uh, more money for effects into a move for a movie than for a TV show. Back exactly. Then. So now we're kind of running into almost like the opposite end, where yeah, studios are more are happy to dump all this money into a into TV, a TV show. series. Exactly. Especially because HBO, so you know there's going to be boobs, mm-hmm. and you know there's going to be killing. Yeah, lots of it. Yeah, probably now as they, much as Game of Thrones. Yeah, they probably. I'm assuming they won't be afraid to show that stuff off. Yeah, both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so to move on from one western to another, um, Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight, his eighth film. God damn, that finally has a trailer. Fucking trailer. Yeah. And I'm so happy to finally see these actors in action because all all, the last thing we saw was just the cover of that magazine. Yeah. Um, and it just had the... That Sam Jackson and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, you know, in their get up and everything. Um, but that's it. Like, we just got a picture. Yeah. Like, now we finally get to see... What is going on? What the plot is? In case you, of course, didn't already kind of had like some kind of idea of what it was. Yep. Um, shit. Yeah, it, it looks good. I'm and, I'm and really for being like a teaser, it's like three minutes long. Yeah, and like this looks like it's more than just a western. This seems like it's more like a mystery. Uh, type type of flick because in the in the trailer uh, he says like one of these people are not who they say they are and so this entire time Kurt Russell's character and Sam Jackson's character are trying to figure out you know who's who and I'm who's assuming to kill one of them so they they mentioned a guy who's like uh, what's his name hanging something like uh, Jack the Hangman Jack the Hangman so they mentioned that's him. Kurt Russell's character and then um, they you know mentioned that they're looking for someone. Like else, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember who. Um, 
but you know they, they just randomly come into this building with all these people yeah um Shit's gonna go down. Yeah, bitch is gonna die. Shit, shit's gonna get crazy. And you know, like T- Tarantino is kind of like one of those directors that really kind of opened me up to a lot more forms of cinema than just you that's know, not just your typical blockbuster, blockbuster kind movie. of a thing. So without you know, a doubt, I, yeah. his his style of directing and his style of movie making, his writing is, is fantastic. It's it's so different than what you see on the big screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, like, I'm pretty excited for this. I'm, you know, eagerly waiting, and I cannot wait till December rolls around. So, so we're definitely going to go watch it in 70mm. Which, another thing, um, the movie is releasing a couple weeks early. Like, two weeks early, I believe, on 70mm. Yeah. Um, which, in case you don't know, it's just like a higher format, right? Yep. It's a bigger... Bigger picture. Pretty much you're going to watch it in IMAX as opposed yeah. to just a normal theater. Exactly. Um... God, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. It looks, it, and we're, we're, I'm sure we're going to get maybe another trailer. Yeah. Maybe like a more like an official trailer. An actual official trailer, yeah. But I don't see Quentin Tarantino putting out like four or five trailers or putting out like a very long trailer no. that's going to give away the plot or anything. Um, he's a smart director. He's yeah, going to put out one more trailer and that'll be it. And that's yeah. enough to create enough hype because yeah. I think even being like moving from being like just a completely unknown director to... Um, being at the top of like the absurd directors, right? Like yeah. the non, the non blockbuster directors, because yeah. he he's definitely the top one of yeah. he, one of those. He, he's definitely like the top, like one of the like most popular like indie directors, I guess. Creative directors, yeah. like I don't even know how you would put well, it, but yeah, he, he's like an actor's director. He, right. He's able to get, he's able to pull out such good performances from his actors. It's it, it's it's just it's just like hypnotizing, really. Right. Um, like like everything just flows really natural in his movies. Um, like Pulp Fiction, like I always refer back to Pulp Fiction and like Reservoir Dogs. Like things just flow really naturally in the movie, and like he's able to just get like really good dynamic, um, you know, uh, uh, great performances, and, and he's you know great shooting of the film and everything. And it doesn't it it, it shows that you don't need. Millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to yeah. make an amazing film. Exactly, because none of what he does, I would say, is necessarily like very expensive yeah. to make. No, like I think like the most he's ever done is maybe like a hundred million dollars. I I think I'm not entirely sure if it's if it's that much. He, like, he's able to operate within like one of the worst and hardest budgets to ever operate within in Hollywood, which is usually like the fifty to seventy million dollar budget because it's just high enough. To where you can't make a shitty film yeah. and kind of have it play off as like, okay, this is obviously yeah. a shitty film. It's like, but it's also low enough to where it still like it handicaps you. Right. You, you can't know? like go for the big effects. Exactly. And and because of that, if your movie doesn't perform as well as it, you know we want it to or as well as it should, then you know you're kind of fucked. Um, so, but he's able to operate within that so well. I think that he's able to make not only the money back, but also make a profit. Yeah. And like, even the fact is, is that like his his movies generally just get Oscar nominations. I mean, like you know, Inglorious Bastards um, was nominated for multiple Oscars. Uh, Django and Chain as well nominated for multiple, and he won for best um, uh, original screenplay for that one. And so now with uh, you know the Hateful Eight. I'm really excited to see where that takes him. And also kind of like, um, after the movie comes out, I'm really uh, excited to see what his next film 
as going to be unless he decides to retire. Yeah, because I mean, he's talked about retiring before. He's he's talked about this being his last film. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's. And we've heard that from so many people before. I mean, yeah. Think about like Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith yeah. has said he's retiring so many times. But then he always comes back and do like one more movie. Yeah, so. and like now, I mean, he's come out and he's talked about it and he's you know like he's like I don't want to. He's just I want to make the movies that I want to make, and yeah. that's what I see Quentin Tarantino doing. Just like making more movies that he wants to make, and yep. if he feels like he he can take a couple years off and then like a couple years from now do Volume Three of Kill Bill. Yeah, like you know because that's still I feel like that trilogy that arc still needs to be completed yeah um so i'm sure at some point hopefully he does that that'd be pretty cool i'd be really excited for that so that would be a great next movie in my opinion okay so moving on um from the hateful eight to a a bit of a guess a lesser known movie that's coming out Um, i had no idea until i looked it up to be honest with you Um, so. so this movie's called life it seems really interesting it's about um the photographer who uh, was with James Dean during the early part of his career uh, taking uh, pretty much some of the most iconic pictures of James Dean for Life magazine. Right. And it, the movie looks great. And it's surprising that, you know, they have Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson is not playing James Dean, um, thank God. Uh, but he's playing the photographer. And uh, Dane DeHaan is playing James Dean in this. And I think that's a pretty good casting choice. Dane DeHaan is a really great actor. He's actually really good, despite the Spider-Man movie and yeah. you know through the never the shitty Metallica movie. Um, but if you ever seen you know uh, oh, um, the Place Beyond the Pines, um, you know he was fantastic in that movie. Um, so you know I, I'm excited about it. I kind of I love the look of the film, and it's also going to be one of those Oscar-nominated films, but. Like Johnny, what did you think about it? What did you, like? What did you see? It was interesting, you know. Cause Robert Pattinson, I think, forever or at least until now, um, kind of had that feeling of just like he's just like that guy from Twilight, right? Yeah. And I think um, part of him will always just be known for that. Yeah. But this this really, it's it's way different, right? Yeah. It, 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 he actually looks like he's fucking getting his shit together. It looks interesting. I'm very. Uh, it, interested to see it mm-hmm. you know you kind of get a lot of shots of people being like what the fuck are you doing like what are you what are these pictures that you're showing me yep and i'm sure the photographer went through a lot of that shit but now you look back on it and it's like wow like those pictures that he took are such a huge deal like yeah now, right like maybe not so much with me or maybe not so much with you but those pictures are like iconic for an era of people yeah right exactly. so um i was um i'm definitely interested to watch the movie yeah i think i think it looks really good uh like i'm just like if anything i'm really excited i'm really curious about the performances in this movie and this is gonna be one of those movies that just like i'm gonna go see it just to see how well everyone just uh acts together and how well everything meshes together as a whole so I'm excited. I think it looks really good. And also kind of brings up a good era of Hollywood history that probably has never really been shown that much. Yeah, I mean, because everybody, even, like, you know, people more so our age who are probably a little uh, too young to kind of mm-hmm. really know about the James Dean era or anything. Or, you know, didn't grow up with those movies. Exactly. Um, 
you know, there's still that like affinity for him. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if this will kind of give people that reason to like rediscover. Yeah, people. give a reason why. Yeah, why to go? Why to know why he was such a big deal? Yeah. To go back and watch these movies and know why. Um, you know, he's exactly. important. Yeah, he. he why there's a why there's a giant James Dean head. Yeah, uh, out on the road somewhere. Yeah, you know, like he's he's definitely one of like when people like think of Hollywood, you know, a lot of people still think of you know James Dean as one of like the main you know characters of Hollywood. He's such a tragic and iconic figure that he's not going to be able to be erased from you know the Hollywood lexicon yeah. at all. There's no way. And uh, you know, as I said, this movie looks really promising. It looks really interesting. I had no idea. You know, I still don't really know that much about it, but I, you know, just kind of watched the trailer on a whim and uh, I was immediately engrossed in it and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it definitely looks... uh, They didn't have a release date on the trailer, I don't believe. No. I believe all it said was coming soon. Yeah. Um, Doesn't really give you a lot to go on, but I mean... Yeah, it's probably going to release in December or January. Maybe. It's definitely one of those uh, Oscar Oscar films. Prime Oscar time is when it's going to be released. Um, so to move on from that to a really creepy, crazy trailer, um, there's this, uh, it's like a, like this weird psychological horror flick called Goodnight Mommy. The trailer uh, is fucking weird. It's so weird and so off kilter and off the wall that, you know, can't, I think it's like, I know, I know what they're going for. Like this weird horror aspect, but like. Just the way it's shot. Part of it is just like more than that, though. Yeah. Like it's not just like okay, this is like a horror movie. There's going to be like you know demons and like stuff like jump scaring you all the time. Like it's a weird. I almost I don't want to call it a psychological thriller. Like, but it's fucking weird. Like this movie is like focusing in on just trying to terrify you. Yeah. Like there's. Movies that just try and scare you. This movie just brings in the the unsettling and creepy the creepy atmosphere of what horror kind of used to be back in uh, like the seventies, you know. And I, I'm just I'm just I'm going to see this movie, and it looks really exciting. Like I am just like the visuals alone are just have it got me hooked. And I, it's just so weird. I mean, so so in the trailer, the whole premise, I believe, is the mom goes gets like facial reconstructive surgery yeah. or like you know like plastic surgery for her face. Uh, the they live in a really fucking nice house. Yeah, I was looking at that. I'm like, how does someone afford that house? That place looks fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> this like I I have weird feelings when I watch trailers for horror movies. I tend not to be scared. I just tend to observe other things like that. I'm just like, how. This is this looks like a single mom. Cause there's no dad around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a pair of twins. Yeah, and they live in a fucking very nice house, like out in a meadow around a forest. Yeah, I'm like that is such a nice place to live at. Yeah, like, I would love to live there. I would love to live there too, even with that creepy lady. <laughs> just all you gotta do is just be in another part of the house other than her. Yeah, just, don't go to the it bathroom. Probably wouldn't, be hard, probably wouldn't be hard to avoid her. So, so the whole premise is so the mom goes and gets reconstructive surgery or something, uh, comes back and her face is all bandaged up mm-hmm. and. Uh, the whole thing is um, her kids. The kids aren't sure if that's actually yeah. their mom. Yeah. Because in the whole movie, she's very standoffish. Like there's a scene where she walks into a room and they're both playing, and she kind of just stares at them and then walks away. Yeah. 
Like, you know, most parents wouldn't do that unless... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks like they plan on fucking killing their kids or something. Right. Um, the movie is... Uh, I was going to say, there's some really weird visuals in that trailer. Yeah. Um, there's one where the lady is, like, going out into the forest and all of a sudden, like, shit's, like, moving around all crazy. And yeah, like, they, like, her head's all twitchy and crazy and looking at it. Ugh. Like uh, it just it just looks it just looks really terrifying and really scary. It, like I I kind of, I think we're getting like a, an era of horror that is kind of more reminiscent of the time I said, and you know with like a movie like It Follows and then like Under the Skin that are just like there to just really unnerve you and kind of make and then when you leave the theater make you want to look over your shoulder in case something's following you. You know yeah this uh, isn't this isn't your typical horror film it's not a slasher film it's not like a blood fest Mm-mm. it definitely seems like one of those where it's just like a thriller exactly so you know i'm pretty excited for this uh i think it looks great and i'm definitely going to be uh going to see this when it comes out yeah no without a doubt um yeah i think that's about it for movie news um i saw some weird thing that um god what company was it that uh release their movie schedule for the next couple years but bad boys 3 and bad boys 4 is getting made because bad boys 2 performed so well yeah but now that they're gonna they're gonna make two movies well i guess martin lawrence does need the work after big mama's house 3 you know (laughs) he kind of fell off the face of the earth nobody's seen him i mean like in all honesty i never thought martin lawrence was ever that funny i never did so so um, we're gonna get that they they kind of came out and talked about um, whether they're not sure if Will Smith is gonna come back. <laughs> he's gonna be involved in. They said he's gonna be involved in some aspect, whether it be just as like a executive producer. Mm-hmm. But they don't know if it'll also include him being a star. So I don't know how that's gonna work. That's, I mean, that's I don't so know. weird. I mean. Like, so like apparently he doesn't want to be. I guess if he doesn't want to be in this, but for some reason he's perfectly fine being in. Uh, no, wait, hold on. Like he's not going to be in Independence Day too. Only Jeff Goldblum is like the returning, the only returning cast member to the Independence Day. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Will Smith got smart after Men in Black Three. Men in Black Three was good though. <laughs> Men in Black Three was really good. But I think if anything, like I, you know what, his his obligations are probably all with the whole reboot of. Fresh Prince. Yeah, because that also got kind of that talked got about. greenlit, I think. Um, That's yeah. actually in development, I think, with like NBC so, or CW or something. In case you didn't know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air um, is getting rebooted. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, they're going to do that again, which is so weird because I feel like Fresh Prince was such a thing of its time. Like it's, it's it's so nineties. It's it's insane. It's extremely nineties. The whole the whole intro just had like giant bubble letters and neon colors and like you know like lame fucking uh, you know graffiti letters and Will graphics Smith with stuff. like a jacket like zipped up halfway where his like chest is out and he's wearing like a weird necklace <laughs> thing like you know it's it's very and it was a windbreaker jacket too. It's very specific to the time and I would. Um, I'm curious to see how you could, you know, modernize that and make it appealing. Mm-hmm. Make it as, as, you know, big as the original was. Yeah. I mean, I, like, once again, it's kind of like a weird nostalgia grab, you know? I mean, like, if, is anyone 
like our age really watching the Fresh Prince on reruns? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, occasionally I feel like people might watch an episode if it's on or something, but I don't think anybody's like going back and pulling out like a Fresh Prince DVD and popping in like, you know, (laughs) season two, episode four or something, you know? They love that episode. So, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that's strictly there for the... uh, For the nostalgia. For people our age, maybe people a little older than us who, um, you know, were a little older when we were, uh, when the show was on the air. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's kind of appealing to that audience. And then, because most of them wouldn't have kids now, right? I think it's safe to assume. Um, And then them showing it to their kids. Mm -hmm. um, I can see that. So I can see it being popular. Whether it's good or not, maybe no, <laughs> you know. I mean, like, like Will Smith's track record is kind of spotty, you know. It's up and like, down. He, he has like some good moments, and then he has like some really plenty of bad ones to pl- make plenty up of bad ones to make up for it too. And it's it's kind of it's kind of weird, kind of sad, but you know, just Bad Boys three and four. Do we really need more Bad Boys movies? <laughs> it doesn't need Look, to happen. The, the, the second Michael Bay just needs to stop. The second one was horrible. The only the second one was part, the okay. second one was bad and it did bad box office as yeah. well. So like the, the the second one, the only reason to go see that is for the five minute segment where Henry Rollins is a SWAT team leader. That's the only reason to go see it, just because like you get to go, hey, Henry Rollins is a SWAT team leader. Hey, I and then you get to walk away from the theater. Yeah, then then you go uh, ask for your money back and be like, ah, this film was stupid. It's like, needs more Henry Rollins. <laughs> yeah, wasn't enough, wasn't enough Henry Rollins. Give me my money back. Yeah, so, you know, I, I saw this uh, thing. We've been talking about going to Halloween Horror Nights. Apparently, uh, I know what you're about to talk about. And yeah. Yes, I saw that as I'm well. I'm so excited. This okay. is a- so, so, Halloween Horror Nights, uh, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before. Um, I don't know if we have either, but. But, so, so Universal Studios and Universal Studios Orlando, um, they both do horror nights. Yeah, essentially, uh, they, they they turn the entire place into into a giant maze, into a giant maze with other mazes in it and everything else. So they originally came out. They talked about the Walking Dead one they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be the biggest Walking Dead uh, maze, yeah, um, ever made. Yeah, really. Um, the one here in Hollywood isn't going to be as big. It's going to have pretty much all the same aspects as the one in Orlando. Uh, the one in Orlando is going to have one extra, like uh, a flooded um, like basement area. Yeah, from I'm assuming assuming it's from like like one of the episodes. From I remember the episode, season. but I can't remember exactly what. Um, so so there, there's a little bigger in that respect, but it's still supposed to be a huge maze. Um, they have announced. Uh, I'm thinking and thinking and of, of the other ones that they've announced. Let me, um, let me look they, them up. Um, for for Hall, for Hollywood, uh, Crimson Peak, yeah, is one of them. And man, there was another one too. There was the one with uh, an email Michael it. Myers. They're doing. Um, was it was it Halloween? Yeah, I think so. Uh, bear with us while we both uh, scramble well, on our phones and just look this up. Um, I am bringing it up right now, and I'm clicking on Hollywood. Insidious. That's the other one. Insidious. Okay. Yeah, so there is a Halloween one. Uh, apparently the Jabberwockies, just some dance group, is doing a 
doing an amazing dance exclusive for Halloween Horror Nights. Are they going to get eaten while they dance? I sure hope so. That'd be pretty cool. I'd pay, I'd pay a dollar for that. Yeah, so Insidious and The Walking Dead, uh, Crimson Peak, and the one that they most recently announced, which... Without any doubt, it's the most best reason to go is uh, this is the end. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this. I just like, like, I think like one of the best scares out of that entire maze is going to be Emma Watson with an axe. It's got to be. And that movie was just so great. It was so good. Like, like, oh, I guarantee one of the rooms is going to be Jonah Hill possessed by... Without a doubt. It's got to be. And but just, that, just sarca- sarcastically making fun of everyone who walks through. <laughs> walks through. Like, it's just... It was such a good movie. Like, it was... It was very stupid. Way over the top. Way over the top, but that's one of the reasons why it was so great. Yeah. Uh, they, it was, like, filled with star power, especially in the beginning of the movie where... Uh, it was, you know, so the, the, the whole story is there's a party and then yeah. a disaster happens and it's just like the last like remaining like six dudes that are there, right? Yep. Uh, but it was just so filled with star power before that. You had like Michael Sarah just being like this weird outlandish dude just doing cocaine, accosting women and like pissing while he's getting a rim job. It just the just, whole thing is just. Is is ridiculous, crazy, just weird. Yeah, you know, you like Kevin Hart was in there for a bit, I believe, and then he got killed. Yeah, and then like Paul Rudd ran screaming through the crowd with like a blender with a <laughs> with like a bow on it to, for the for the welcome home party and shit. And yeah, it was it was just so good. It was just so good. Aziz and Sorry had like a small role in yeah, it too. I, I definitely want to watch that again now. The best, especially knowing that it's going to yeah. be there. Um, the best Channing Tatum cameo, cameo ever. ever. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> Strictly. So, so you know, just people already just essentially go watch his movies for his body. I mean, this is this is the epitome of that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and he really has, like, no just lines. His body. He, all he has is, like, one line. It's, like, two lines. Like, it's, one is, like, hey, guys. And then the other one is, I love him. <laughs> and that's about it. It's, oh, it's, like, it's I, exciting. I, I am just so curious what they're going to do for this. Tickets haven't really gone on sale know. yet, but we definitely need to get tickets as soon as they're available. Because this is available, I feel like this is a year that is packed with a lot of shit, and it's going to sell out quick. Mm-hmm. We definitely won't be able to go to the door and pick up tickets. That's for damn sure. Yeah, um, like even even one night tickets, we're going to have to fucking get. Yeah, because like it's going to be crazy. I'm super. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I, you know, I was you know. I was excited, but I wasn't, like, all that, like, you know, hyped for it before. It's just like, yeah, Walking Dead stuff, Halloween stuff, like, you know, that's, that's it's, it's going to be scary, yeah, you know, for the that's course. fine, whatever. But, like, to have something like this is just ridiculous. Like, for me, like, for me, like, this is the end, just, like, puts icing on the cake, but for me, like, what really wanted me to go was, like, Crimson Peak. Right. Like, did you ever see the trailer for Crimson Peak? I don't think I did, no. It's it's crazy. It's just really creepy looking, really awesome looking stuff. And, I um, mean, it's Guillermo del Toro horror movie, so right. it's going to be good. And it also kind of just, you know what? Like, seeing the trailer and everything else, all the visuals in the trailer, really makes me disappointed that he can't go through with... Silent Hills? The Silent Hills. Because I think it would have been so good if he, like, if he would have just, like, if him and Kojima would have kept working together on it and nothing, all, like, all the shenanigans that happened, whatever they made. Yeah, like, I, I, I would hope that, okay, so obviously they can't make a Silent Hills, but if... 
uh, Koji Pro, you know, the, his whole production company, not just him, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro still, like, collaborated and made yeah. an original kind of, like, horror game. Like, that would be insane. Yeah, like, of course, you couldn't do, like, Silent Hills because, you That's know, it's owned by own, Konami yeah. and everything. But those two are brilliant enough to where they can come up with something new yeah. and make something but, great. Like, Del Toro said he's never going to work on a video game ever again. Yeah. I mean, like, I can imagine just, like, this one experience probably soured, like, everything he would... He's have. tried to work on stuff before, though, hasn't he? Like, I don't I, know. I, I don't, don't, think I don't know if this is his, like, first and only experience with it. I think it is, in all honesty. But, um... Either way, like, yeah, I can see that kind of putting a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. So, you know, like, it, it, it sucks so much just because I think that game, that would probably have been one of the, like, only horror games I really would have owned. And obviously, like, okay, so they have the PT thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, of course, has nothing, it, it could have been completely different than that. Like, it's yep. just, you know, some kind of way to tease that they were making it. But even if they kind of took aspects of that, like, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Like, it would have been great. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just, like, it sucks when, when something just, like, fucking ends like that. Because you always just think of what could have been, what might have been, and everything. I mean, like, there's, like, how many games that were never released, you know, in the entire yeah, game and, history. You know, you you see so many uh, concept ideas of things and things that never got off the ground. And, uh, you know... If you if you watch some of the stuff that the behind the scenes stuff and the stuff that was never made during the rare replay stuff, mm-hmm. um, some of that stuff is just insane. It's just yeah. like that would have been a great game, but for whatever reason, maybe the timing wasn't right. You know, maybe maybe the you know studios that they pitched it to were like this just isn't for us right now. And you just never really know. Yeah, um, because it's one of those things where like playing Viva Pinata, Viva Pinata never really took off. It was never really like a super successful yeah. uh, franchise. But I feel like if you would have put that out now, if you would have put something like Viva Pinata on mobile today, a very good mobile game, mm-hmm. game over. That thing yeah. would have taken a, like been a huge like, hit. Like it's like I I, I keep on thinking because like it seems like the attitude that a lot of big name developers have towards mobile games. Is just like you know, like they're just fads. Like they, they treat them like what video games are treated back earlier right. on. You know, like just but like feel time like wasters and stuff. It's it's here to stay. Yeah, I, phones are going to be a part of our life until the day we die. Yeah, and the second that they stop being a part of their, our life, it's just because now we have like video phones in our eyes, and yeah. you know, pretty much that episode of Futurama, right? Like that's the only reason that. Uh, Phones are going to go away. Yeah. So, why not embrace it? I mean, obviously, you know, not to be super gimmicky and just, like, have that situation where it's just, like, pay for... To make this be done quicker or something like that. You know, like, obviously, Fallout Shelter, we talked about that just a bit ago. Um, That was super successful, and there's no kind of paywall. There's no having to wait to create rooms or anything. Um, it was giantly successful, uh, partially I would say because it is, you know, like a big established franchise, but at this other end of it, I would say it's also very successful just because it's not restricting. It's not keeping you from playing the game. If you don't have any money, it's not having you wait to play the game. Um, you can just sit there on the bus with no internet connection as well. You can just kind of sit there and continue playing. Yeah. I'm playing right now. 
Yeah, well, if, I, if I'm being honest with everybody who's listening, and you, Joey. Yeah. Well, I, I can fucking see it. <laughs> You're right there. I have my phone turned, though. You don't. You can't tell. I can tell. Shut up, Joey. I can I see the reflection in your glasses. I have to level up my vault dwellers. <laughs> I need to get all these bitches pregnant. <laughs> I need to make more babies for my, for my wasteland army. I feel like I need to because at this point... Uh, Dwellers have stopped showing up. Like, so, so they would just have, like, I've gotten 14 of them and they've all just shown up at the door. And you mm-hmm. just kind of drag them in and put them in wherever, um, wherever they best fit. Um, but I've not had, I've, I've been playing, so that, that happened like the first, like, maybe like 12 hours. Uh, the second 12 hours, I haven't gotten like anybody yep. show up at the door. So I'm, Kind of like ah, I'm gonna have to start breeding <laughs> and making babies, lots of babies. Mm. All right, Joe, you have any uh, discussion questions? I know we had discussed uh, last week a little bit that we would uh, try and time. We're, we're, we're like at, a, at an hour and twenty minutes right now, so we got plenty All of time. Right, my, to phone, talk. my phone's about to die. Let me see if I can get some of these pretty quick. Um, are they on Evernote? Yeah, Let's just send them in the chat, and then I can bring them up on my phone. All right, hold on. Um, um, bear with us, you guys, while Joey figures <laughs> out how to use phones. <laughs> um, so while you do that, I'll talk about uh, something, I guess. I've been playing Grand Theft Auto. Okay, you got it. That's fine. Joey shared a note. Okay. Um, let's see what you put in here. T- talking points. Yeah. That's that's the name of it. That's, that's, what, you went, that's what you went with? Yeah. Thingamajiggies. Thingamajigs. Um Let's see. Which one of these would be a... Interesting time waster. It's a very interesting time waster. Um, I like this one. Um, mainly because we have to deal with so many of them on the internet. Um, but you put on here, let's talk about times we've been dicks on Xbox Live. <laughs> oh, actually, I can name a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because, you know, I... I like to think of myself and yourself as well, like not being like trouble starters or anything no. like on on Xbox Live. Usually I feel like if I'm going to be a dick to someone, it's because they've been a dick first. Yeah. And I have to get some kind of, you know, weird sense of revenge in my mind. Yeah. It's like, it's like we just got to like one up them. Right. Like in the amount of like, like the, which is the biggest asshole here. You know, like, I, I remember so many times, and, like, it's all inadvertently been towards chicks online, mostly because I think they're kids. Because their voices are really high-pitched and kind of nasally on Xbox Live, and I think it's a kid, and I'll go, like, and I'll usually call them out on that and be like, are you even old enough to fucking play this game, you little shithead? What are you, like, 13? And like, and then they always be like, well, I'm a chick, and I would just, like, not want to back down from all the shit I talked earlier, and I'll be like, well, you still fucking suck at this game. <laughs> like, do better. That's inappropriate, Joe. I don't care. You should I, feel bad about it. I that. don't fucking feel bad about it. It's like, and and then and then we start arguing, and then I was like, "Well, you still fucking suck at this game." He's like, "Don't blame me that you suck, and you sound like a thirteen-year-old prepubescent kid. <laughs> you just, oh, you're just a horrible human being who shouldn't be here." And then they would leave, and then they would leave, and I'd get like. There's like some kind of. I hope you felt a, a little bad. I did not. <laughs> I uh, never. I never did. I never did. I think the extent of me being a dick online is more so if someone is like being annoying 
And some games make it pretty difficult to, you know, like new car- new players or like, you know, some don't give you the option in games. So you have to really actually have to go to their Xbox Live profile and like, you know, mute them from there. Uh, most of the time, it's when people are being fucking annoying, and you just focus in on killing them, yeah. just specifically them, and you just hear their anguish <laughs> as you're consistently killing them, just being like, "God damn it!" Like, no, stop! Blah. Just like, stop killing me! Like, stop coming after me! It's just like, no, you're being annoying, and now you're yelling even more, which is making me want to kill you even more. <laughs> it makes me want to actually find you in real life and end you. But, you know, yeah, I just, like, I think most of the times I think I was that much of a dick was usually, like, for when we were playing Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. You know, like, yeah. like there was a lot of, because we were, not to toot our own home, we were fucking great at Like, we were pretty good. Like, like at least, like, within the lobbies we kept getting put into, I would say we won, like, 9 out of 10 times every yeah. single time we played. You know, I'm not sure that's how it goes for everybody or not, but like you obviously didn't go like that for those nine out of ten. Yeah, groups of because like, like we would but, just be able to just do we were able to do pretty well, which is kind of strange. And a lot of it would be I remember like that wasn't necessarily us being dicks to people, but us just being good at that game to where you know we would we would be waiting in a lobby for another group of people. And people would join in, and we'd hear them say something along the lines of, like, oh, it's those guys again, and then, like, immediately back out. Yeah. You know? So I guess that's kind of us being dicks just by being good at a game. Yeah. You know? It's it's kind of weird. Like, I'm not sure how well, like, the matching system works or what it really does. Because it feels like like, like, people within a certain area just kind of... We always get matched would, up would recognize our gamer tags and just yeah. kind of be like, this is, like, it's these fucking cunts again. Like, we're going to have to deal with these assholes all over again. And like, but I, I do remember. Okay, so so here here's a time like I, I remember specifically. Um, we were playing Left 4 Dead 2, I believe, and uh, there was um, uh, like like this um, one girl who was playing with our team because we had an open slot, and uh, I and I, I just kind of started not on um, like I guess like kind of like subconsciously kind of started making fun of her accent so every time she spoke she had like this really thick southern accent and so every single like everything she said I just like mocked everything she just said or like anytime anybody said anything I would just have to speak with this horrible crappy southern accent and, and then she like she got on my case about it and I said well you're the one with the like, with the redneck accent and at which point she said, I do not have a redneck accent. <laughs> I was like, bitch, did you even hear the words coming out of your mouth? And then she left. And Jerry, I think you're I think you're too rude to people online, especially to ladies online. No, okay, there have been several times where I've just been a dick to anybody online. There was like several times, like I'm not entirely sure what this dude's deal was, but he couldn't understand any like anything we were saying. And like I like I just kept yelling at him, Do you even speak English? And then he would say something in half English and then I'd be like, That doesn't make any sense. That was that was close to words, but that was not words. That was not words. And you suck. You suck at games. Like how how do you function? How do you function in the real world when you can't know? You don't know how to move two joysticks independently from each other and pull a trigger on a fucking controller. You dumb fuck. And yeah, then, I think that, that's usually how much my trash talk goes towards my own team <laughs> when they suck. Yeah, I mean. 
it, it's definitely not as bad in my opinion as in you know other people um but yeah so you know it's i would say we kind of had the same experience in uh, bad company too yeah because yeah. we were we were pretty good at that we, game we were well, we were not so. too bad at that game either um we're we're older we're too old to to be playing <laughs> that kind of crap anymore but um yeah i you know i just remember i the only thing i can think of as far as like being a dick is just singling one person out and continuously killing them um in, in bad company too was more so because I, I tended to uh veer more towards uh, snipers mm-hmm. um but more so finding that one person and just headshotting them over and over again, <laughs> picking people off like while I was like way on the beach somewhere, and they were like on the spawn ship out in the uh, in the bay somewhere, and just three hundred meter like headshots and everything, and just that's more so. I, I I don't know if it'd really be considered being a dick, but well, it's definitely not like being nice. That's for damn sure. <laughs> you know, I I just like, it's just like all been like Call of Duty and Left for Dead just shenanigans that we keep pulling on everybody and then like like other times where we just kind of end up fucking with our own teammates you know and that doesn't end well for anybody yeah because we've had it before to where um we'll uh we'll specifically put certain things like on other things so like uh, one guy will be putting C4 on a vehicle, like in Bad Company, mm-hmm. like his own C4, right? <laughs> and then we will throw one C4 on there, blow up our C4, which will blow up their C4, which will kill them because they're driving it. Yeah. And um, that kind of stuff, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes intentional, sometimes not. <laughs> a lot of times very intentional. <laughs> very intentional. But, like or like I'm like I remember we would, like, what what was it like a uh, like capture and defend or whatever the fuck it was like where they had like the these weird giant computer boxes and you had to blow them up and like set up charges yeah 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 I can't remember exactly what it's called um, it's been forever since we played a battlefield game it feels like but so like during during the during that game mode if we didn't like a particular part of the map we was because like this is before they patched it we would just destroy it ourselves. And we would just put a bunch of C4 on it, and we would just destroy it ourselves, and we would be able to advance, like, um, or at least fall back to the other part of the map to actually defend an easier spot of the map. Yeah. And, uh, like, our teammates would get so pissed off at us that <laughs> we would be kicked immediately after doing that. And eventually, eventually, it was like it was like super. It was kind of hard to find, like to find actually to find servers to play on for a little while. Yeah, because everyone would just vote to kick us because we were finding a way to break the game. Yeah, because like we would we would, like, we would play like a match, and then immediately after the match, when we would stick with the lobby, like if if everyone didn't already leave on our team, they would kick us from the lobby. Yeah, and we would just like, well, okay, well, time to move on to the next one, I guess. Yeah. Good times. We need to be playing more online games together. It sucks that we're adults now. Yeah, that's what, adults that's with what responsibilities problem, and that's shit. What the problem is because um, I fucking love to do that, but in Grand Theft Auto, yeah, like, online, like, like I like. There are so many easy ways to just fuck with people on GTA Five online. Like, it's so interesting because it's so funny um, on on the PC version. Of course, it's modded and everything people do all kinds of crazy mods and stuff and even in the online mode they found a way to like do mods 
the game has an automatic detection to where if you make too much money, it will put you on a, like, it'll dub you a cheater and, like, essentially kick you off the servers. Um, but uh, what people will do, people have modded guns that shoot money, and they'll <laughs> shoot money at people, and, the you know, you automatically pick up money when it's on the ground and stuff. Yep. Um, so they'll shoot money at people and get all these people banned from being servers. cheaters. Even though they're cheating, man, that's ridiculous. That's that's some creative shit, though. That that's being that's some creative shit, and like that is literally being like like the biggest asshole on here at that point. Um, let's see what else, what else, what else, what else can we talk about, Joey? Um, let me go ahead and ask you this, Joey. What got you into what got you into movies? All right. Um, so like for me as a kid. Movies were kind of, like, used as a bit of a babysitter for, you know, my folks uh, whenever they needed to, you know, actually take care of something around the house or, um, you know, to run a quick errand somewhere and the other one just needed to watch them while they were cooking dinner or whatever. Right. They would just put on a movie. And it was usually fell on the lines of, like, you know, like, Back to the Future, um, you know, one or two, uh, Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, something along those lines. A lot of those, like a lot of Universal movies, right? And a lot of like Spielberg flicks. Which is why you're such a huge fan of Universal Studios. Yeah, I'm sure. like, I fucking love that place, you know. And just like a lot of people grew up with uh, Disney movies and yeah. have a huge fondness for Disneyland, yeah. which I'm sure you have a fondness for Disneyland too. Yeah, but I'm sure it's a lot cheaper to get in. Yeah, the I'm sure given the option Studios. of of going to Universal Studios or going to Disneyland. Uh, maybe you'll choose Disneyland because you don't go there as often, but I feel like you probably enjoy yourself more at Universal yeah, Studios. I would definitely probably enjoy myself more at Universal Studios. And so, you know, like that in and of itself really kind of got me into movies. And it wasn't really until like my mom started showing me like a bunch of other movies that I've never really would have seen before. Like she showed me Reservoir Dogs and like Easy Rider. It's so funny because you're a kid watching these movies. That yeah, you I was like, not I was like 10 or 11 years old or so when I saw these. Like, you know, like Easy Rider and, you know, uh, Reservoir Dogs, um, Pulp Fiction, and, you know, uh, like a couple of James Dean flicks too, like Rebel Without a Cause. Right. Um, and uh, East of Eden. You know, and uh, like she just kind of introduced me to a lot of like uh, other like other movies, and it just kind of like from there just got me really into just uh, exploring like the whole like film world and just seeing what I can make out of it myself. Right. And you know now now I'm like watching like I, I introduce like movies to like you know anyone who would ever be interested. Like I, I, try, I try and expand people's you know uh, movie watching palette as much as I can. Other than just like oh, <laughs> I tend to watch just blockbuster movies, or I tend to just watch you know these yeah. big budget movies. Yeah, yeah. no, I, it's understandable. And like I, I, I always, I always try and find a good way to sell. Because you've like, turned watching. me on to plenty of movies that I would have never watched yeah. before. I mean, like, like, like it, what was the, the 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 probability of you watching like any trauma movies after? Never would have watched, watched Kabuki Cop. That's for damn sure. Yeah, <laughs> and let that you know, knowing that that's out there and existed, I was like, I need more of this in my <laughs> life. Yeah. So, you know, like, and so, yeah, just like, I, I definitely have to say just because of my folks and mostly because of my mom that I definitely saw a lot of, like, movies I definitely would never have seen before. Which kind of led you to go look for more weird, different movies. Yeah, I, I always, like, anytime I can find anything new to watch, I watch it. And, like, when I first found out about trauma movies, 
it was, uh, you know, just kind of like, I think it was through uh, G4, like, be- like before, like, G4 was, was like, just, it be- kind of became a, a thing for a little while, right. and then, you know, went out and died. Um, back when G4 was actually about video games, um, like, they, um, they, they did some, like, at Comic-Con or something like that, and they were talking to um, the Trauma guys, um, and, like, uh, like, Citizen Toxic or something like that. They released like a bunch of the Toxic um, Toxic Avenger uh, stuff on DVD or whatever. Right. And I got really curious about it, and I watched and I like watched a few of them, and I thought they were really stupid and insane, and I needed to watch more of them. And they're they're just great movies to watch, especially like like if you have nothing better to do and you like outlandish stupidity. Yeah, if you're if you're into like great. like things that are filmed, and you're like, oh my god, this is like so stupid, but it's meant to be stupid, right? Exactly. So, so that makes it appealing and fun. Yeah. Um, as far as movies go, I don't know. I don't know really what got me into watching movies. I don't have like a distinct memory of like I watched this movie and then I need to watch, uh, you know, all these other movies. Uh, of course, a lot of it led off from you know as a kid watching like Disney movies and stuff, um, and you know, eventually moving on from there, just you know, watching big blockbuster movies. Yeah. Uh, and eventually that kind of just gets tiring and, you know, seeing, watching other, you know, plenty of things that are like, you know, that, that aren't serious. I remember watching a lot of like serious movies and then, you know, like overly comical movies, you yeah. know, comedy movies, but knowing that there's like in-betweens where you can feel for a character and still have it be funny. And then, you know, something happens to this character and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like now that's not funny anymore. Like yeah. I feel sad. <laughs> like, you know, watching those movies that really takes you from, uh, an emotion of happiness, you know, like laughing and then having a character die and taking you that, taking that level just mm-hmm. completely somewhere else. Like that's something, something that really, I don't think you can do in very other mediums very, very well. Yeah. And you can do it in books, sure, but I feel like that takes a lot longer than it would yeah. take in a movie. The, the payoff is way too slow with the book. Yeah. And how and many of us are actually smart enough to actually read a book anymore? <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of them out um, In that, and, you know, there's something um, about actually watching someone on screen uh, yeah. go through that kind of stuff, you know? If they're good actors. If they're shitty actors, yeah. then it's, you know, it's, it's different just, story. It's just, I think, a, like a more human connection out of it. everything else you could really... You can really, you know, experience, I guess, you know, because it's just easier to empathize with an actual character on the screen than it is like with words on a book. Yeah. You know, words and some pages and shit. Yeah, I would definitely say that it would, if you were going to rate uh, things on, like, as far as making connections, um, I would definitely put movies number one. Mm-hmm. I would put any kind of like radio or audio kind of like plays or anything mm-hmm. like that number two, because then you have it in your ear and you're like listening and you're you actually have like a, a distinct voice that goes right. with some it. kind of like cognitive and then you can imagine what they look like right. on top of that. And then of course books being the last one, but they give you the most option to essentially create your own world. Yeah, right. Um, while the payoff in books, I'm sure, is a lot slower. I'm sure. It can also be a lot more. I guess it's, um, it's more a human connection with movies and emotional connection with books, right? In a way, just because like when you make your own world with um, you know, with just like words you read and like on pages and stuff, you just kind of you get more emotionally 
invested in it. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But like with the, with the movie, you just empathize with that character a lot more. Right. And that kind of just draws you into the story aspect of everything a lot more. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> best way to put it. Um, since we're on the topic, Joey, what got you into video games? Well, I don't, I don't have to probably say like arcade cabinets really got me into really got me into doing because for a while like I was just obsessed with getting like the highest score in Galaga. You and it's even even today when we go to arcades, that's what you look for first. That's you the first machine Galaga, I go to. You look for a Galaga cabinet, yeah, and you will drop a couple bucks in there before you move on to anything. Exactly. Else. Like I I got to the point of which where like like you know one playthrough, like one quarter, two quarters max, you know. Uh, depending on how much the machine costs, like it, it would take me like a good like forty five minutes before, you know, I'd have to go to a new to a new quarter, you know. Right. And like for a while, even as a kid, like I would just get obsessed. Like I needed to just like go to every cabinet I saw of like every Galaga cabinet, and I needed to get the high score. I needed it. I just wanted to. I don't know what drove me to it. It, it was just it was just a compulsion at one point, and just being able to see the letters J O E on the yeah, screen. Yeah, exactly. Like it was like in. Like, There's something very satisfying about that, though. Um, even if you are just playing like at an arcade cabinet that gets reset every day, and you yeah. know all the scores are just normal. But even if you get that top. You know, anything in the top three, really. Anything that stays on the screen longer yeah. than, like, two seconds. Because sometimes I'll have the scrolling, like, from ten to one. Mm-hmm. Um, but those last three is usually always the ones it stays on. Like, something about seeing your initials, even if you put in something like ass or <laughs> yeah. something like that, you know. Um, <laughs> there's something very, very satisfying about that. Yeah. To know that maybe you're not the best in the world. But, to, but, like, but you're, you're the, the best. best person who's ever touched this yeah. machine. Exactly, you know. And There's something very satisfying about that like, feeling. I remember having like this weird rivalry with the person I never met on that Galaga machine. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, if you our arcades are a lot less uh, frequent now. nowadays. Like, um, it's hard, it's hard to find any anywhere. You're, but back when we were kids, it was kind of like in that like downturn of the arcade mm-hmm. era, because you know home consoles and more so started to take over. Um, but even as we were kids, there was still plenty of arcades. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you would go and uh, you would go like every week, every like two weeks, you'd go and you, you know you'd get your high score, and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm number one. I can go to a different machine now and play something yeah. else. And then you come back the week before, and you see that you're number, like, four or five. Yeah. It's so like, you know that this people, is not going to stand. Yeah, you're like, oh, no. Now I need to do way better than I did last exactly. time because these three people came in and wiped my score without a problem. Mm-hmm. So you're like, now I need to, like, do better. Yeah. It pushed you to do better, even if it wasn't something like video games. Something yeah. super trivial. Yeah. Because, so like, okay, so uh, at the mall here in town, um, there was an arcade that opened up for a little while. It was there for maybe like a year or two um, called 3D Arcade. And they, they had a Galaga cabinet in there. And the rivalry I had with this guy was apparently named Lee or something along those lines. And for and pretty much at one point, it just became my name and his name checkered on the leaderboard in Galaga. And I got to the point which where I would purposely get like for, like the top three scores in Galaga over his, just so that way maybe mine can stand for a little bit longer. 
and like it just kept going back and forth. I'd go back like every other week just to check on it. And if he got my if he got higher than my score, I would immediately have to say, "Is like I am skipping my next couple of classes, and I'm going to get my high score back." Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, I think really what got me to gaming was more so the home console. I can remember specifically the game that like really turned me on and really. Um, made me become a gamer. So I played plenty of, you know, uh, Super Nintendo games and NES games and, um, you know, yeah, even the Genesis games. Yeah. I remember playing them, but not uh, not really having one, access to one all the time. Usually it was at a friend's house or um, back at these arcades and other, you know, play areas. They would sometimes have, like, a time like Genesis machine. Yeah. You know, and I remember exactly. distinctly going to this one place that was, like, a big, like, giant arcade place. And there was, like, slides and, like, ball pits and stuff. But in the back, they had, like, the timed Genesis machines and, like, the timed NESs and everything. And they were timed more so in the sense where you're not, like, putting quarters in because you had to, like, buy a wristband to get into the place. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't so much as time with like quarters, but more so like there were other people online waiting behind you. So it's kind of like that respect, like, oh, you died once, you got to pass it on to someone else. Or like after you get like a game over, you pass it on to someone else. Um, so I distinctly remember going to places like that and playing games like that and going to arcades. Um, but my first real memory of like really digging into something and becoming like passionate about video games um, and I remember how it came about. I remember learning that there was a Pokemon game and not really knowing what it was, but like seeing some commercials for it online yeah. or on TV was pretty much all I had. Um, but I remember for Christmas, uh, my cousin, uh, my godparents had gotten me a Godzilla toy. Yeah. Cool Godzilla toy, right? Yeah, that's um, a win right there. And and my cousin, he's a couple years younger than I am. Um, we were there opening presents, and he saw it, and he wanted it. And he took it from me, and he refused to give it, like, back. He, like, claimed it as own, <laughs> essentially. And, uh, you know, my godparents felt super bad, and they were like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. Like, what kind of, like, what can we get you? That you know would would make up for it, and I was like, a super Nintendo. I need Pokemon, (laughs) and I asked for Pokemon, and that pretty much that I think was the turning moment in my life where video games became more than just like something I did, but something I felt very passionate about. Yeah, Um, I remember spending hundreds upon hours of time playing Pokemon Red version on my red Game Boy Pocket. And just having that thing, like, you know, I'm a little kid and, like, my pockets weren't that big, but my Game Boy was, like, hanging out of the pocket. It's just, you know, like, this huge deal. You still carry around your Game Boy. You yeah. carry around your DS yeah, all the time. Yeah, I carry around my DS all the time. It's a, so, the, so it hasn't really changed all that much. But um, that's, I think, really, like, one of those turning points for me personally um, where I remember distinctly, like, being like, this is a game. This is the game that really got me into mm-hmm. video games. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, after that and after getting more into it, and definitely as I've gotten older now that I can afford to buy my own things and buy some of those older things, I've definitely gone back and revisited those games that yeah. um, I played, you know, only in short, short spurts as a yeah. kid. Um, but Pokemon. Pokemon I forever will have a place in my heart. Um, so... I know I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about Pokemon on this podcast. 
uh, talk about um, wanting them to do something different with the series, but even if they did the same thing over and over again, it's it's the reason. It's one of the reasons I play video games. So yep. I'll never stop playing that same formula of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really really it I mean other than that you know eventually it kind of goes on from there and yeah. you know I from that point on I got more comfortable with asking my parents for video games for for Christmas yeah. or you know for new a new console when it came out or trying to save money to buy one exactly but that was that point a Godzilla toy turned into into Pokemon into Pokemon which turned into a lifelong obsession <laughs> it pretty much into a defining moment in my life which I just I remember distinctly you know that's that you do not take a man's Godzilla toy. You just don't. You don't. And then when your godparents feel bad and ask you what you want, you ask for something that you super duper want. <laughs> and I'm, you know, when it came out, I'm sure it was expensive, especially when you think about like inflation rates and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that my parents would never buy it for me. Yep. But I knew my godparents would, so I knew that I could get away with asking for something yeah. like that. Um. Yeah. Makes me want to go play Pokemon Red version. Video games. I remember playing it and, you know, that, that, after that point, it, it made me, like, going to school and, you know, you would get the, the like, Galactic Book Fair yeah. little booklet thing and there would come with, like, you know, there's a small section for video game, like, cheap books and all yeah. that. I remember getting those. I remember getting those all the time, specifically because it's like, this one has cheats for Pokemon Red. <laughs> and that, you know, and, like, you know, like, uh, I had a PlayStation as well. And, you know, having cheats for all these PlayStation games. And, like, um, one of the reasons I, I can remember also getting into video games and video game like magazines and stuff like that is because uh, occasionally you would get a demo disc yeah that came with the magazines you can pop it in your playstation and have like a demo for like four different games um i don't think i ever got any of those games but having the demo disc and playing those like that same like one level like 40 times over and over again. you know yeah i was a kid like i mean like obviously like not like now where if i play a demo and i like it i can go buy the game yeah um, back then, it was so much different because um, my parents didn't really care for video games. They thought they, you know, they were just like kids play and all that. And um, so, they would, if I asked for something, they'd be like, "Yeah, maybe we'll get it for your birthday, or maybe we'll get it yeah. for Christmas or something." Um, it's not one of those things where, like, I'm sure with my kids, if they're like, "This cool game's gonna come out," and I'll be like, "Bitch, I already got our pre-order." Yeah, I was like, "I already got it. We can play it right now." <laughs> They like, it like hey, Dad, you know, this game would be pretty fun, bitch. All right, guys. I, like, I, I got the legendary I got all the achievements for it already. Like, what are you doing? Just get on my level, <laughs> son. So, yeah, I, it, it's weird. Um, it's one of those things where part of me wishes that my parents would have, you know, kind of given me a little more, um, more as far as in video game stuff, right? Like, just you know, if I if I had asked for something, it would have been like, okay, yeah, you maybe can get a little sooner than you know, just for like a Christmas or birthday thing. Um, but I understand the games were expensive back then, and you know, it's nothing again, nothing I'm holding yeah. against my parents or anything. And if anything, it's made me appreciate those games more going back to them. And even if as a kid I got just like a small taste of it, like just mm-hmm. in those demo discs or going over to a friend's house and playing a small segment of the game, 
that was enough for me to today go back and visit those games and see them with that same level of excitement I saw them as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be even with like broken controls or like you know shitty cameras or anything like that, you kind of can tap into that like youngster in you and just be yeah. like experience something for like the first time. So yeah, I think that's my story of video <laughs> games. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, think, I think I uh, really had a break for this today. <laughs> There's so much that's open now. The whole world it just seems so different. <laughs> uh, we're about two hours now. I think we can go and wrap it up, man. I'm getting kind of hungry. I'm getting hungry I don't about you too. Um, but um, yeah, this has been a pretty good episode. Yeah, not a lot to talk about. But De- like, we have plenty to talk about. Decent enough format, I think. Yeah, I think um, change, but yeah, no, I like it. Um, if you're out there listening, um, go ahead and send us. Uh, if you have any kind of suggestions of what you want to hear us talk about or anything you want us to discuss, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at uh, in the menus podcast at gmail dot com. Um, you can reach out to us on Facebook. Listen to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. On the website. On the website. Uh, Leave comments if you want to leave anything there. Um, I'm thinking about starting up a Twitter page. Just kind of the more we can do, the better. Um, And then, um, of course, I keep saying that I'm going to try and get us on iTunes, but... Fuck iTunes. Um... That's probably like going to be our biggest avenue, so we really need to <laughs> not say that. We're sorry, iTunes. Uh, fuck you if I can't get it to work, but, but if I can, I'm sorry. Um, so I'm going to... I know I've been saying that for yeah. the last 15 episodes, but uh, this week I'm actually going to set up uh, apart some time and try and get that figured out. Um, I kind of want to do more stuff on the website itself. I yeah. want to kind of create more content. Yeah. So I know we're doing just a podcast now, but I really want to be putting up more reviews, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So yeah, uh, we should definitely get working on that. Yeah. Uh, at least a little more, even, even if it's for old stuff, because there's plenty of old video games I want to revisit. Yeah. I feel like that would give me a reason to revisit those old games. Yeah. Um, same thing with movies. I, movies are really timeless, so you can yeah. kind of any movie do a review for it. And, you know, like that would work. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna go uh, to get some food. Get some food. Get I'm some gonna food. go get some chili cheese fries, and I'm very excited about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Be a milkshake. All right. So we will uh, we will be back next uh, next week. Next week on. Um, it depends. Um, I'm thinking either... I'm not sure if I want to do uh, Friday or Thursday. I have Thursday and Friday off yeah. next week. Um, the only reason I would want to do it on Thursday is because then I have time to edit it on Friday. And I can also kind of just have a relaxed day on Friday. Mm-hmm. As opposed to having to relax day on Thursday and then having to do something on Friday. And then having to go back to work on, th- on Saturday. Yeah. So if you're free... Maybe we'll do Thursday. Maybe we'll do Friday. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure Um, it out. But until next week, we will be back, you guys. Have a good week.